0: This is The Ignition Show, an After Show edition. Hello everyone, welcome to or welcome back to the podcast. I'm Chris Janssen, host of The Ignition Show, and today is what we call our After Show. It's a special episode where we look back at the most recent interview and pull it apart to see how the ideas have impacted us. Us, by the way, refers to my wife and business partner Sarah and I. We're learning too. And not only have we created this podcast to help provoke, inspire, and fuel your greatness, but we're on our own journey. We want to learn and grow as individuals and as a couple. And hey, we're human too. We have days and moments when we're crushing it and plenty of moments when we're not. So the After Show episodes are here to deepen the learning, to speed the implementation of the ideas from our great guests, and to help master the achievement of your greatest dreams in order to live an extraordinary life just the way you want it. We're excited to be on this journey with you, side by side, moving forward with the entire Ignition Show community. All right, it's time to ignite the spark within you. Let's get to the after show. Hey, Sarah. How are you doing?
1: Hello, hello. (laughs)
0: Hello, hello. I've just been listening to this uh, conversation with Helena and so many great points I'd love to dive into.
1: Let's do it. Uh,
0: Let's start with the whole idea of leading from love and we were talking about an experience you've had about working for someone who you could say kind of was either in that camp or leaned towards that camp of leading from love and what what was that experience
1: so it actually it actually wasn't someone i i worked for i worked i've worked in many large organizations in my past life of corporate and one of the last jobs i had was managing people and for the majority of my career up until that point I was essentially a project manager, like I was in marketing and, and sales, or working on my own in sales. And then this was the last job I had, was was managing people. And one of my mentors in that role was someone who had been in the the job for thirty years, had a great team, stable team, but wasn't going anywhere. wasn't um, had had no ambitions for for moving up in the corporate ladder he was actually towards the end of his career and he was just he was coasting and what made him a great mentor is just how for one he was a people person in general but that he wasn't concerned about what the corporation thought of him he actually you know in our in our one-on-one talks when i would call him for our formal mentoring conversations he would admit he's like they're not going to fire me i'm too expensive to fire they're going to let me, you know, ride out the last five years before I retire, which gave him what I considered a real luxury in how he could manage people in that he could really just focus on the people. And the the irony for me at the time, now it's not ironic now, looking at all of all of the data and listening to Helena and all the personal growth work that I've done, unsurprisingly, but what was ironic at the time for me then, was he had the best results in the company year after year after year, and he would admit he's like I'm not really a you know high strategy person. I'm not great with numbers. You know he could barely pull a PowerPoint deck together. He would just purely focus on the people, and when I talked to his people, they would, they would do anything for him, and they would go above and beyond. Not because he ever asked them to, but because he had just focused so much on, on them and their development. And that was the best experience I'd ever had personally with someone in a large organization that's focused on numbers, that that had so many expectations of productivity and achievement, for someone to just say, you know what, screw that. I'm just gonna focus on the people and had the luxury to do so. That was by far the best experience I had.
0: Yeah, it makes me think of um, I've asked in workshops before. Like, think of the best, uh, the best leader you've ever had, and what was it that made them a great leader? And you create a list of all these people in the room, create a long list of all these qualities. <clears throat> and the and the overarching uh, absolute number one theme is that they cared about me,
1: mm.
0: and that can manifest away in many, 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 many different ways. But it's, it's, it's this whole dichotomy in a lot of large organizations. more so in large organizations, but can happen in any kind of organization. Where, I mean, and Helen and I talked about it, is this humanity in the workplace. That there's a, a myth that to get, get, be more productive, produce better results, you've got to be like a machine, or operate like a machine. But every single case study or example or anecdote I've ever heard is that when they, someone works for a leader that shows they really care, they bring out the more of the humanity, they're connecting more with people, they ask where would you go on holiday and they remember where you were the next time they see you, that does something for people. And I think as Helena said, is that, um, that the human connection builds when you get to know the other person. Yeah. And I think it's a crime and I think it's an absolute crime for any leader who ignores that fact or any business culture that stifles that the humanity in their business.
1: Yeah. And I was absolutely guilty of that. Again, coming from wanting to achieve and having great ambitions in that corporate culture, my belief and where it came from, but my belief was must put on a mask, must be a high achiever must focus on results and and strategy and, and productivity, and it was it was a a wake up call when I started managing people that the strategy wasn't the most important part of business, mm-hmm. and it was a very humbling experience when I got the feedback from my team. It's like have fun, have more fun at work, I, you know, be more human, and that was a it was very humbling, but a huge wake up call and. Once I, as Helena pointed out, once I was vulnerable in that situation and really was vulnerable with my team at the time, I had, I started getting better results with my team. Hmm. So that was a a huge lesson for me.
0: Well, and it also makes me think just building on the theme of leading from love made maybe think about our business. And the question that came to my mind was, what would it look like if we led more from love or operated more from love. Like what would that to, as a thought experiment. Um, what, do, would, what do you what do you think?
1: I think it for me it would mean slow down a bit. Really? You yeah. Know, why is that? You know what, the the there was a, a sentence Helena said that really struck a chord with me and she said, a hurried person can't be a loving person. And we have a 10 week old baby who's sleeping upstairs as we record this. And my life has slowed down exponentially since we had this little human enter our lives where I'm not racing around like I usually am. I'm not trying to fit things in late at night to, you know, to meet deadline arbitrary deadlines. My, I've, I've slowed down because he needs me to slow down. And if we were to bring more love to business, I think it would have this be the same idea that I would need to slow down to bring more love and more truly in for me it would be more presence hmm. to the decisions we make, to the actions we take and and how we how we run the business in general.
0: That uh, that certainly is not the answer I would have expected from you. <laughs> I don't know what I would expect. I don't, I what were, no, you, what I, were
1: you thinking? Well, oh,
0: I had no preconceived notion of what what it would make you think. But if I think of the question, what would it mean if we led our business or ran our business more from love? What would that mean? Well, I, I suppose a couple of things that come up pop, pop up to my head is, um, I don't know. There's probably this sense of more centeredness or grounded in our thought process or how we worked it. There'd be a, I wouldn't necessarily use the word slow down, but there might be a more of a, of a, almost like a knowingness. It's like, this feels right. Like, forget the Google analytics, forget the, the, um, the deep research on this and that. It's like, it's more coming from a genuine authenticity perhaps, or just, a. um, our own truth about what we want to create, what we feel the world needs, or our customers need or our clients need, versus maybe getting in our heads too much about either overanalyzing things or wondering like what's the market what's happening in the marketplace. And it would just come more naturally out of us.
1: I mean our As I mentioned, we have a newborn in the house and our world has been flipped upside down, including our morning routines. And you've mentioned that you really want to put in place a a better morning routine or even a consistent morning routine. And I wonder if putting that in place would allow you to be more centered for the rest of the day, Uh, focusing on mindset and focusing on the grounding yourself in, in what we're trying to achieve in the big picture so you can get it done on a day-to-day basis.
0: Uh, yeah, it definitely would. What I thought you were going to ask me was, what if, what if my morning routine was led from love? Oh. Right? Again, just as a thought experiment, what would that morning routine look like? And maybe it leads into or, or uh, leads out of um, what Helena described as radical self-care. But it wouldn't be a morning routine that is, I got to do some stuff so I can get on with the day. It's like, I do this because I love this. Right. And I love starting my days this way, which, which I know I do when I with, with my morning routine. Um, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good question to layer it down, not just on how to run the business, but how would we in, individually operate if we operate more hmm. from love?
1: And to me, that means slowing down. So, even just in introducing a morning routine where I center myself and ground myself, I'm where I'm not woken up by baby and I'm, you know, quickly on to the next thing, that would be, it would definitely be a slow down pace for the business, but it would have exponentially better results for the business. Well, that's where I was going to go because,
0: <laughs> because... You know it's interesting because I I can almost feel it in me as we're having this conversation of exactly what we talked about in the in the conversation with Helena that um, there is this paradoxical concern that if you came more from love that you know suddenly it's a very soft thing it's not this driven thing it's not this more bigger faster make things happen thing and yet when people report they operate more of that more from love or led from love or with leaders who led from love. Everything worked better, yeah, so is that a leap of faith, or is it a truth that I, if we led if we operate or led more from love individually, we would produce better results?
1: I think it's a truth. i think I think the problem is it flies in the face of all of our conditioning. Mm. It flies in the face of all of our cultural cultural conditioning. Parental conditioning uh, of achievement of doing is more, you know, that we need to do more, be more, you know, be more, achieve more, produce more. The Henry Ford model. It's it's not that it's not true. It's that we we. And maybe this is what's coming for me: is we feel to be loved, we need to achieve more, mm. and we need to do more. Mm. So, as opposed to,
0: I already love you, baby. <laughs> you don't have to achieve anything more.
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you. But I think it's it's going against our conditioning. Um, it's not that it's not true. Hmm.
0: So that makes me. That makes me. Uh, Say, well, we should have a conversation.
1: We definitely should offline.
0: <laughs> offline about what does this actually mean and what's worth experimenting. Yeah. You know, that's the way I often talk to my clients about is is when you want to make a change, sometimes a lot of fear comes with that. It's like, oh, I don't know if I can make this last. I don't know if I can do this forever. It's, well, don't worry about that. What would, the, what would the next two weeks look like Right. if we led more from love? Yeah. In all aspects. Let's do it. Let's do it. Done. Um, done we've achieved it
1: (laughs) exactly okay so let's put that aside for a second I wanted to I wanted to talk to you in this after show about the idea of messiness when it comes to love and Helena mentioned you know oftentimes we're not having these conversations we're not leading from a place of love certainly
0: in the workplace in the
1: workplace yes and I would argue in most relationships what even our personal and, you know, married life, for example. And we've talked about this on, on the after shows before is having those tough conversations. And oftentimes we don't because we're afraid of how other people are going to react. And I'm guilty of this. I'm certainly guilty of this where I've avoided conversations or, um, avoided situations Because, and I've avoided being honest, for example, because I'm afraid of how people are going to react, whether it's that they're not going to like me or they're going to be upset. And I, ahead of time, you know, kind of conjure up how they're going to react and they're, you know, it's, it's a, it's a snowball effect. Yes. Um, God forbid someone cries and I have to deal with that and pick up (laughs) the pieces of that, you know, and it's oftentimes thinking that I need to have the answers. Versus just showing up with
0: presence. Yes. Less answers, more humanity.
1: 100%. Yeah,
0: it's, uh, I'm getting just more and more convinced that we as a culture, and I, I'd say a global culture, are as adults especially, are pretty incompetent when it comes to having to deal or navigate through emotionally charged situations. Yeah. And I'm more and more convinced that There's a massive black hole in our education system, by and large, where we should be educating our fellow human beings in a younger age on what creates emotions, what drives emotions, how to deal with emotions, etc. Because when I, in my clients, people who are in the thirties, their forties, their fifties, their sixties, that's what trips them up. It's not the facts. It's not the logic. It's not the Life experiences is the emotions that come with it, and maybe there isn't a you know a, a magical solution to it because we are emotional creatures, and there's lots of hormones and chemicals involved too. But uh, there's a really gaping hole, especially in the business business context. And you know I think the one aspect within that is the whole idea of vulnerability. A part of emo- what prevents vulnerability is the emotions of vulnerability, and it made me think of a, some experience I've had in workshops where Um, where we have this exercise where people have to identify what's their greatest fear as it relates to leading their teams and whatnot. And we go through this exercise where they have to share that fear with their colleagues. And in advance of that, we have the conversation of why don't we talk about our fears more readily? And the answer always is it makes us seem weak or it's soft or it's not business relevant or whatever it may be, but weakness is a big part of it. So we have to go through this exercise, in a, you know, in a way that makes people okay to share their share their fears. And I always come back and ask the question afterwards: When you heard that fear, the greatest fear from your colleague, did you feel that they were weak? And nobody says yeah. Everyone always says no. I felt they were real. I felt connected to them.
1: Hmm.
0: And it's a massive paradigm uh, or a paradox dichotomy of we feel like people will see us as weak. And yet, people see us as normal human beings, Yeah, which in a way kind of makes us strong. In fact, strong because we're able to share that when other people feel like they can't be vulnerable.
1: So what's your greatest fear?
0: My greatest um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that question. <laughs> in what context? In general. Not living up to my potential. just gonna let that
1: hang for a second talk to me about that
0: it's um yeah it's it's to live the life unlived it's to leave some potential on the table and not cash it in for the greater good or or my own my own my own gain um but that would be the one that one thing that absolutely drives me across all aspects of life
1: isn't it funny that we we Always, I believe, our true calling is to help others in places that we've we've struggled. Yes. So the whole your mess is your message. Yes. It's interesting to hear you say that because this entire business is your way of helping others live up to their potential. Yes. Hmm.
0: Designed on purpose
1: it's amazing. And going so going back to our original conversation about messiness, we've often talked about how amazing it is in our marriage, in our relationship that when we come to each other and we're getting better at doing it proactively and without the charge that's often involved in in conflict or or disagreements, when we come to each other, And I've definitely come to you with, with a level of fear of how you're going to react sometimes of like, you know, baby, I'm, I'm not happy with, with this in our relationship or I'm, you know, when you do that, it really triggers me. I've definitely come to many conversations with a level of uncertainty of how you're going to react. And there's fear involved in that. And just being present for however you, you react. And and knowing that we'll deal with it, it's it constantly amazes me how every single time we come out of those conversations in a better place than how we go in.
0: Yeah.
1: Every single time.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel the same way that when we, you're right. It's not um, the fear is rarely in the sharing. It's more in the react. It's in the reaction. And when the reaction is, however you might describe it, present, poised, calm, centered, open, loving, perhaps. Uh, I I can't even put words on it, but there's a visceral reaction of connection. Yeah, that we've I've you know definitely a a feeling of partners and supporting each other and being there and you know connecting to a, a higher, um, a higher a higher a, ha- a higher level of connection between us.
1: And I think that's because we put our egos aside, and we're focused on loving each other. Mm. And you know, Helena talks about this a lot in the interview of what that what that looks like, what that means. I think we do it in a great way in our relationship. I think if I still worked in corporate, I would be a much better employee. Actually, I I take that back. Maybe not a better employee, I'd be a much better leader mm. if I brought that same Same level of intention and and same level of caring and empathy and compassion and presence which is all wrapped up under the banner of love to the workplace
0: well i look forward to uh building on that in our conversation we're going to have offline here about how we run our business with more maybe more intention and presence and and love and I think that's a great question I look forward to that and maybe we'll come back in a future episode to share with what our decisions were and what what came out of our experiment it might be a fun little experiment to run for a few weeks
1: that would be fun
0: so there you have it our after show edition as always if you like what you hear subscribe rate the show and leave a review in iTunes it helps others find us and helps us get better we read every single review and comment that comes through iTunes, Facebook, and our website and respond to as many people as we can. We especially love hearing those real live voice messages and you can leave a comment or question for us to include in future episodes as an audio message by going to our website, theignitionshow.com connect. We'd really love to build a community around you and your questions. And lastly, remember... Whatever you dream of, whatever you hope for, and secretly wish you had, you're closer than you think you are, you're meant to have it, and you absolutely deserve it. Until next time, I'm Chris Jansen and this is The Ignition Show.